0: content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only the views and opinion expressed from hosts and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved because each person is so unique always consult your physician physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuelo Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuelo Marshall, occupational therapist. Welcome to Finding a Foothold a community of caregivers who've had caregiving challenges and have learned many lessons along the way. We know how you do things and having the right equipment and support can make caring for your loved ones easier and safer. Stay tuned. You hear from caregivers that call in and share challenges they face today and you hear tips from experienced caregivers as we work together to bring hope and improve how you give care. Let's get started. Hello, this is Consuela, and welcome to the fourth episode of Finding a Foothold. And I am glad that you are still hanging in there with me, and I am so glad that I'm still hanging in here also, because this has been work not from the standpoint of the podcast material itself, because I have over 25 years of stuff, just information in my head. The mistakes I've made, the things I've learned, the things that have worked, that I am excited about sharing with you. But it's that, just that technical side of it. My brain cells have been challenged to the max, trying to figure out the Facebook, the Instagram, okay, look, I have put Twitter on the background because I I, I can't even, my brain cell can't even reach that far, so uh, that may come later, who knows, but for now, it has just been such a challenge, there's just so much I have had to learn, and it has been comical, and it has been challenging and I'm getting more gray hairs, I think, in the process. And I I just have to thank my technical team. And I am saying that very loosely. My technical support has, has probably blocked my number and will not answer my calls because she is my daughter, Mika, and... I am forever calling her and asking, what does this button do? Why is it saying that? Or I thought I put it up there, but I don't see it. Where'd it go? And she's like, ma, just don't worry about it. Or I'll look at it later. Or let me look. I'll call you back. Mika, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The big, the big moment for me, and I'm still laughing is, you know, I post something finally I got it to post and then they'd say boost I'm like what the heck is boost I mean all I'm thinking about is just drink my patients drink I'm like but they want a boost I mean they want me to boost so I'm pushing boost and I'm like okay boost is not happening because they want money and I'm tired of sending money right now and the, the big thing was promote apparently I did something incorrectly And I got this big, nasty email from Instagram saying I can't run a promotion anymore. I've been banned because my account has been restricted because I violated Facebook policies. I have no clue, you all, what I've done. And I have got to appeal to them to remove that restriction. So I've got to work on getting out of probation on that. So all of that to say is this has been so much learning and I've loved it and I'm getting better at it, I do believe. But what it does bring to my mind is when you are trying to do something all by yourself, there are too many things that need to be done. And it brings to my mind what caregivers have to experience. When you're thrust into a role that you are not familiar with, things can be very overwhelming. And as I am saying all of these things that I'm struggling with, and I'm trying to pull my son in who has that bone surgically implanted into his hand and is a whiz at everything, but I can't hold him down long enough to teach me anything. And I'm mentioning to him, I can't figure this out. And he's like, Ma, that's easy. I'm like, yeah, it's easy for you because you do it. It's not easy for me. It reminds me of what I have often been guilty of as a therapist. It's not breaking things down to where my patients and my families can understand them. And it's not like they're not capable of understanding. Just like I am, I don't consider myself to be intellectually challenged, uh, totally. But when it comes to this technical side, I just feel lost But I'm starting to get it, and it's helping me to rethink how I approach the sharing of information to others, and what I think is, oh, everybody knows this about caregiving, and not to take that for granted, that for many people, this is difficult, because they have not been in this arena before. So, as host of this show, I'm going to remember this, and my endeavor is to keep it Simple, so that you all are forever growing and learning and gaining confidence in your abilities as caregivers because you have them. You know, we all have that nurturing thing inside of us, at least most of us do. It's just learning how to harness it and put it into play and how to structure things so that you are doing it wisely. And so I want to encourage you all who are out there and feeling like I'm feeling today, like, oh my gosh, this is so much to learn that you're going to slow down and take it one step at a time. And As with me, I don't know how this is going to evolve. Really, it's going to evolve itself, And I'll take the cues from you all and from Just Life that just dictate how this evolves. And I want you all to do the same thing, too, as you embrace your roles as caregivers, that if something is not working, that you go to the next plan. If that shoe doesn't fit for you like it fits in another person's life You just need to move to the next plan. And there is a plan. And as I grow and can add in support where I don't have to do it all myself, oh, I'm going for that because I'm I'm doing it now because I have to. But that is not my plan. I have to push all of these buttons and make it all happen. Yeah, I want to be part of it, but I don't want to do that part. I just want to share my heart and do those parts of that creative side that's inside of me that keeps getting snuffed out with all of these buttons that I have to push on my computer. So I want to just thank everyone who has come along for the ride with me and continue to call in those questions. And we'll see if we can get them answered for you. Be confident that you have something that can help someone else. So when you're hearing the calls come in, call in and leave a quick tip. And my last thought before the calls is that appeal to you all to subscribe. I appreciate that you're listening, but I want to also encourage you to subscribe Subscribing to my podcast does something. I'm not sure exactly what it does, but I know it is important to have subscribers. And I want subscribers because for me, it would mean that I am keeping you engaged and you're finding this important to you. So subscribe and share with others. Hello. Our first call of the day is from Mr. Ruben from Louisiana. Hello, Mr. Ruben. I love my calls from Louisiana. I thank you so much for calling the podcast, and I look forward to uh, being able to help you today. Your call is that your wife has just been discharged from the hospital, and you now have the option of her getting a hospital bed. You have indicated that she sleeps in a regular bed, but now she is much weaker than she was before. You're now having to assist her with all tasks. You're now having to help her to get dressed, to get in and out of bed, to get her in and out of the wheelchair. And you're wondering if having the hospital bed would be a good option for you all. Well, thank you, Mr. Rubin. Thank you so much for calling. And I'm really glad that you are investing time in caring for your wife. And I wanted to just say thank you so much for that. Now let's talk about the hospital bed. Sometimes a hospital bed is a good option. And just knowing your situation where you're doing a a whole lot of care for your wife, it seems like something that would come in handy for you. There are three things you need to consider when you're exploring the hospital bed. Number one, you want to look at first of all the level of care that's needed. And and we've already established that right now that there is a high level of care needed and having the hospital bed just allows for the ease of being able to help out with those tasks. And number two, you want to look at the, your current bed. If you stay with your current bed, is it the right size? Is it tall enough? Is it, or is it too low? Or is it the right size? So when you're looking at your current bed, and if she's sleeping in a bed that's larger than a twin bed, it's going to make it so difficult for you to provide the care easily. There's just so much space that you have to work around. Let's take, for instance, if she's currently in a queen bed or a full bed, and you're trying to roll her from one side and roll her to the next side, and you're helping to put on her clothes, and you're even bathing in bed, it just makes it difficult when you are having to manage her in a larger size bed. The size of a hospital bed just makes it Just much more easier to help her. And staying with the size of the bed, you want to look at the height. If the bed is too low and you're having to bend over to do things to help her, that puts such a strain on your lower back, Mr. Rubin. And this could lead to some back injuries for you. And also having one that's too high. So if she's needing a lot of assistance with getting her back onto the bed that's too tall, actually puts a strain on you when you're trying to assist her back on the bed. So if the bed's not the right size, the right height, that's another determination that the hospital bed could be needed. So the first one is you want to look at the level of care, how much care is needed. Number two, you want to look at the bed that you have now. And if it is not working because of the size, then the hospital bed, again, may be a better choice. Then the third point is... What type of hospital bed? And you've already said it, Mr. Rubin. There are two types, the semi-electric and the fully electric hospital bed. Now, Medicare or insurances typically only provide the semi-electric hospital bed. And let me explain those differences to you. In the semi-electric bed, you have a remote that brings the head of the bed up and brings the head of the bed down. And it also allows the foot of the bed to go up and the foot of the bed to go down. Now, you have those same options also available with the fully electric bed, but in addition to the head up, foot up option, you also have that third component where the full height of the bed is elevated from the floor. So it makes the bed higher or lower. And that is a plus because in the semi-electric bed, it also goes up and down, but it has a crank at the foot of the bed. And because of that, you have to manually go to the foot of the bed to crank the bed up and down when you need to adjust the height of the bed. So Mr. Rubin, if you are considering the hospital bed, she's approved for a hospital bed, which would likely be the semi-electric one, just see if there's an option for you to pay the upcharge, so that you can receive a fully electric hospital bed. It, it just will save you time and effort because being able to adjust the height of the bed several times during the day to accommodate whatever you are doing when you are working with your wife is would just make your day so much better. Definitely would save your back for sure. But let me just make sure I'm clear about this. Just because you may feel that you need the hospital bed for those reasons that I've just mentioned, remember that you also have to qualify for the bed. There's a whole criteria that a person must meet in order to get the approval from Medicare or your insurance company to get a hospital bed. So just be aware of that, that there is still a qualification process that you must go through. And I want to just really end with this point also that when you're issued a hospital bed, just know that it is a rental for 13 months. And in that 13 month period, if you've decided we're done with this bed, please return it. Because what I've seen sometimes is that people are no longer using the bed and they give it away or they sit it out in a place where it's not protected, and then it becomes ruined. And then guess what? When you're needing another bed, that option may not be available to you because there are restrictions on how often insurances and Medicare will fund a hospital bed. So just know you can return a bed within, within 13 months. Well, Mr. Rubin, this, this was a great question. So I really want you to just think through these points, the level of care that's needed, and just knowing that the right bed will make your load much easier. And having the right type of hospital bed will even make you even much more efficient in how you provide the care for your wife. So I hope all of this helps. And please call again. And Mr. Rubin, you're doing a lot for your wife. So... Please maintain a good support system around you. Accept help from friends and families. And just remember, still find time for yourself. Find those things that you enjoy doing and and keep those things vital in your life. Thanks again for calling and call again. I'll look forward to hearing again from you soon. Thank you. Have a good day. The next call is from Tim from Texas. Tim is from Houston, Texas and he is calling in about his dad. His dad is a resident at an assisted living facility. He is 83 years old, very independent. He dresses himself. He goes to the bathroom. Uh, He takes a shower with help from the staff a couple of days a week. But other than that, he manages pretty good. Dad is able to use his walker to go to the dining hall and back, but he has had three falls in the last year at the facility. But his dad believes it is because the floor in his apartment is very slippery. But now the facility is asking that Tim consider hiring a sitter to be with dad during the day. And Tim would like some suggestions on what to do so that he can decide whether to pay the expense of hiring a sitter. Tim also mentioned that his dad has had physical therapy recently, and they have advised his dad to use the walker, and indicated that his father is safe for walking with the walker and is doing pretty good for his age. Tim is wondering if there's anything else he should consider that could decrease the risk of his dad having another fall. So, Tim, I'm with you. If you're paying the rent to live in the assisted living and then you have to add on to that the cost of a sitter, then you're going to be paying out a pretty penny every month for the sitter and for the rent at the assisted living. So let's look into this a little bit more closely before you invest in the sitter. Although I'm going to say that if a sitter is going to keep him from breaking a bone, you know, that is going to be well worth the price, but you want to make sure that's what you really need at this point. So hopefully I'll give you some information that you can keep in mind so that you can go through this process of trying to decide what's the best thing to do in the situation with your dad at the assisted living place. But the first thing I want you to do when we're looking at trying to decrease fall risk is you want to look at balance. You want to get a balance assessment and guess what? You've already done that. You've had physical therapy to look at him and they've seen that his balance is better when using a walker. So number one, dad must use the walker. Using the walker will just allow him to move about within the facility with a decreased risk of falling. And number two, You want to always make sure that his living area is free of tripping hazards. You want to make sure his apartment's floor is tidy. You want to make sure he's not leaving clothes or towels or things on the floor that a walker or his foot can become entangled in and resulting in a fall. You also want to make sure there are no throw rugs, no rugs in the bathroom, on the floor, no area rugs in the living area or by the bed because those things, they're just not good things to have when you're using a walker. Again, they cause tripping hazards. Another thing in regard to tripping hazards are just cords, no cell phone cords, just anything that could be in the walking path that could cause tripping. So you want to definitely look at balance. That was number one. Number two is tripping hazards in the room. And number three, footwear. Appropriate footwear is key to decreasing falls. Wearing shoes that do not have rubber soles will make you prone to falls. In addition to the rubber soles, you want to make sure they fit properly. Having shoes on that are too big so that the foot is moving up and down inside of the shoe, that's a no-no. Another thing about shoes, you definitely don't want them too tight because if they are too tight, they're going to walk on the back of the shoe and that's not a stable shoe. And if the shoes are too small, they're just not going to wear them. They're going to opt to walk in their socks. That's a hazard. So make sure they have appropriate footwear. The shoes are comfortable with rubber soles on them. They fit properly. A lot of people opt for the non-skid socks. They're good, but they can also cause problems. Especially if you get the non-skid socks that do not have the non-skid on the entire foot of the sock. If you get it with the, the non-grip the with the non-skid grips only on the bottom, the socks can tend to rotate around to the front. The socks roll around and you'll end up with the non-skid surface on the top of the foot. And then you're left again with them walking with a slippery pair of socks on. So if you're going to opt for the non-skid socks that he can wear around in his apartment, please make sure that they have that surface on the entire foot portion of the sock. And then the last component I want you to think about is the surfaces that he's sitting on. If you're sitting on something that is too low, then it's too much effort to get up take a look in his apartment make sure that he has chairs with armrests and that the surfaces are not too low. So if you're looking at all four of those components, then you're going to decrease the fall risk that are available. Now, nothing's going to say he's not going to ever have a fall again, but you want to definitely lower the risk by looking at those four options that I've just discussed. And if the falls continue to happen then you yeah you may want to look at maybe add in a sitter let's hope not but you know it's an option it definitely beats a broken bone and I don't know what type of time frame they've given you but I want to encourage you to do this quickly you just don't want to wait until another fall happens you want to start putting little things in place right now that way dad stays safe the facility. They feel better about him being safe because the bottom line is they don't want him to fall and neither do you. So just taking consideration all these points that I've just given and have a talk with dad. He has to do his part. You can put all of these things in place, but if he doesn't follow any of them, then he's just asking for another fall. So I hope all of this helps and thank you for calling and call back again. I want to know how this works out for you all. Thanks, and look, thanks for taking care of Dad. I appreciate you doing that, and you take care, and both of y'all have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Finding a Foothold podcast. I hope you found information helpful for your situation, and you're beginning to envision yourself as a successful caregiver. Remember, you cannot do this alone, so if you have a question to ask or a word of encouragement for other caregivers, I encourage you to call in by visiting the findingafoothold.com website and using the call-in button. You can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. We also ask that you share our podcast with others who are navigating this challenging caregiving journey. Join us again next time. Finding a Foothold cares about how you give care.